that time of year where UCLA steps onto USC territory. I'm Sarah Coe, the presenter of this podcast and one of the editors at Annenberg Media Sports. Stay tuned to see who's expected to win in this Friday's UCLA-USC rivalry matchup from Regan Griffin, Michael Fumafredo, and Thomas Lopez. Welcome to another episode of The Scoreboard. I'm Reagan Griffin, joined today by Michael Fumafredo and Thomas Lopez. Hello. Guys, it's been a long season. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long season. Lots of exciting stuff going on right now, too. Uh, the basketball team's undefeated. Um, shout out to Onyeka and Okongwu. That was a great game last night. Uh, got a new he athletic really director. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's insane. Um, new athletic director, Mike Bone. He, yeah. He's already getting involved in the campus. Um, you know, somehow we found ourselves at number 23 on the college football playoff rankings. That was, that was out of left field, but we'll take it. We'll touch on that later on today exactly. in the show. Of course. Um, but there's only one thing that we're really focused on this week, right? Oh, yes. There's only one thing that matters. It's Conquest Week. Of course, It's Conquest. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what, that, that's the only thing that... That's the only thing that matters, right? So, are, are y'all hyped? Yep. Y'all, y'all, y'all feeling it? I, I can't wait to take that W. That's what I'm waiting for. Hey. And Thomas, you've you've been here for Conquest Week a few times. Oh, What's it yeah. like? Uh, honestly, like, there's a lot of festivities around. Like, for instance, they taped up, they taped up a Tommy Trojan and right. Traveler. That's that's always fun, uh, especially because like you see the dedication on campus from a lot of the different student body, like. There, it's it's this weird thing of camaraderie, basically to just hate another school, hey. and it is lovely. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, honestly, just the lead up, especially going into the game, it's always fun. Uh, tailgating, uh, what what have you? It's just it's always it, there's a sense, like I said, there's a sense of camar- of camaraderie and family that you that it it kind of reaches its peak, especially around this time, which is very beautiful to see. Nice. Um, so from a football standpoint, we talked about kind of a culture standpoint. From a football standpoint, what are the most exciting things that you're looking forward to on Saturday? Uh, man, I'm I'm just excited. I'm excited to take that W, especially with the odds that we got this week. Mm. We, betting odds, we got 13.5 points over UCLA. Also, we got a home game going on, so we have home game advantage. Uh, and we and the only home game we, we've lost was against Oregon. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm just excited to take the W, to be honest. See, I'm excited. Uh, this is going to be Keaton Slovis' best game yet. Of course. You think so? Um, I think so. Look at his month of November. In the past three games, he's completed 68% of his passes, 11 touchdowns, and only four picks, three of which came in the Oregon game. But <laughs> yeah. The past we just two won't games, talk about the Oregon game. We won't. <laughs> the past two games were on the road. He threw for over 400 yards in both of them. So now he comes back to the Coliseum to face a UCLA school that's 123rd among FBS schools in pass yards allowed <laughs> per game. Mm. They're allowing almost 300 yards a game, and you have a quarterback who's on a hot streak right now. Of course. With, and, of course, the energy you have in the Coliseum in this game is going to be through the roof. He's going to have a great game. I, I know it's happening. There's no doubt about that, right? Um, obviously, with USC and UCLA, you're going to get each other's best, right? Um, but the thing is, I think we've seen that USC at our best can compete with not anyone in the country, but a lot of pretty good teams, uh, uh, Utah included. Uh, yeah, we're, you know, we're Utah's only loss. Exactly. And when we're when we're playing at a, when USC's playing at, uh, at their maximum potential, that that's a very formidable team. 
I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, you know, you if there's anything Chip Kelly knows how to do, is score the football, right? Oh, yes. Um, and Dorian, what's his name? Dorian, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Thompson that's a pretty good quarterback. I've liked what he's been doing as of late. Um, it took them a little bit to get their feet under them over there at UCLA. But, you know, now that they have in the past couple of weeks, they look slightly better than they did at the beginning of the season. So I, I think it'll definitely be a high-scoring game. But at the end of the day, that defense over there, in Westwood, they, they they don't have what it takes to stop our offense. Yeah, and you know this is going to be a high-scoring game, but although UCLA has won four of their last five, mm-hmm. their last game was just an embarrassment against Utah, 49-3. Oh, yeah. Granted, Utah's a very good school, and it was a home game for them, but you have to look. Maybe that might have killed their momentum a little bit. That makes sense. One thing to notice is that they have... They have kind of our problem in terms of momentum, but at a greater degree, especially with their defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, they what they scored in the first quarter, and then they just couldn't get their feet back together. They couldn't, and that was something that was like, it it, it just it just goes to show that once you get the nerves up, especially when you when you're in someone else's home, it really goes against you, especially. And that's why what I'm saying, I think I think USC is going to score at least two. I think we're going to win by at least two touchdowns. Over UCLA and honest and I don't I don't think anyone here is going to refute that whatsoever, especially with what's been going on with them and what's been going on with us. So so you're taking the over on the thirteen and a half. Oh, absolutely, mm. Michael. You think over or under? I mean, I'm I'm a very hesitant better, but I do think we're gonna have this one. Interesting. I'm taking USC with the as the favorite. So from from a player standpoint. Aside from Keaton, right? Right. Who who do we see having uh you know an explosive game? Uh, Michael Pittman, absolutely. Oh yeah, he's he is by far one of the best wide receivers in the country, and he's just for, he just has a certain chemistry with Slovis that like once 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 Slovis sets his eyes on his eyes on him, there's just there's no there's no telling what's gonna get in his way. You have to agree with Pittman there. You got a Blitnikoff Award finalist and a participant in the Senior Bowl mm-hmm. as your number one receiver. He's Played out of his mind recently. Yeah. But I'm going to actually take the fourth string receiver, Drake London. Really? Dude. Who's, he's been playing well. He's been playing he, very well. He's had 192 receptions in the, or 192 yards on 13 receptions in the past three games, which is almost two thirds of his total yardage on the season. What was he Pac 12 right. freshman of the week last week? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he's definitely been very impressive as of late. Um, one of those dudes where you can just rely on, on him to be in the spots where you need him to be at, open with the ball. Yeah, and hey, I think hey. definitely, too, he's developed a certain chemistry with Keaton Slovis that, same with all the guys, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Tyler mm-hmm. Vaughn, they've all been great with Slovis. And, I don't know, everyone's just been playing well. They seem to connect. And it, it should be interesting, uh, you know, when we, we go into the uh, foreseeable quarterback controversy or if you want to call it a controversy or competition what have you uh in the next season it'll be interesting to see how that plays out given the fact that they've had an entire season to develop that sort of chemistry right i'm not sure if jt has that same level of uh camaraderie with those guys that keaton has developed over the course of the season um but can i can i get y'all scores predictions on this game i mean i kind of said it already i think they're gonna win by at least 14 points Mm. i'm I haven't really thought about it yet. I know USC is averaging 31 points per game. So I'm going to take around that number, maybe another 41-20 game, number 41-28. 40, 41-28. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I had 45-31 USC. 
41. Yeah, wow. I think I think this is just going to be nonstop. Be yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be nonstop touchdowns, um, and we're going to get UCLA's best. Uh, but at the end of the day, I I see. USC starting to pull away in, in the third and fourth quarters. Uh, just, you know, from a talent standpoint, they're the better team. right? So well, I think we could all agree on there's going to be no defense in this game. Oh, no doubt. No. None. <laughs> None. <laughs> One thing that we also have to take into account is that although it is a home game for USC, I mean, UCLA is still in L.A. Right. So it's not going to be that much of, an, of a disadvantage in terms of traveling or whatever. So but at, so I, I think it's going to be around – I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be around 20 to, like, at least 35 to 40. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so let me ask y'all this. From a defensive standpoint, obviously we, we kind of all agree we're not sure if there's going to be a whole lot of defense played, but who, which defense do you see getting the better of the opposing defense? Not in terms of necessarily who will win the game, but you know who has the best showing against the uh, opposing offense? Trojans. Trojans. So, so we're, we're, you just flat out think, I think I'm hearing this from both of you, flat out think the Trojans will dominate this game. I mean, yeah. you, you got to look at the stats too. UCLA has only had four interceptions on the year. Keaton Slovis had one bad game where he's thrown more than two picks. He's He has nine on the year, but I mean, he really isn't turning the ball over that much. See, it, it just... It's not concerning to me, but it, it just makes me think a little bit, right? Because obviously you're com- we're all confident, right? And and that sort of mentality emanates from somewhere. And I, I think just as a as a campus, everyone's fairly confident about this game, and that kind of sets you up for somewhat of a trap game, right? It, 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 I just hope that the team takes this game just as seriously as they would take any other game because you know without a doubt you're getting UCLA's best no matter what. And, and Chip Kelly, um, that that's a that's a decent offensive mind. So I, I feel like, I don't know, I, I'm not going to sit up here and say that I think UCLA's going to come in here and beat us because they're not as talented of a team as the Trojans are. But with that said, you know, I'm hoping that the team goes out there, you know, with the same mentality that they – that they had when they faced a Utah or that they faced a uh, even an Oregon, right, um, for the first half at least. But, you know, it's just a certain energy that you'd hope to have from the team uh, that, you know, now you don't want to get complacent in where we're at right now. That's just my only worry. And it, I, that could be me nitpicking, but I just don't want to see a situation where we come out starting sluggish and slow and UCLA pounces on top of us early and we have to fight back. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I got you. But time will tell, right? Um, I so do you, think now that we're ranked in the college football playoff rankings, twenty third, mm-hmm. where that's going to give the team some confidence, right? How did Especially that over. <laughs> Can I, I mean, like, hey man, come back. Hey, I mean, think if about everyone it, loses out, <laughs> we might make it. We might make it. But yeah. is it really that crazy that we're ranked? I know we've lost four games, but five of our wins have come against a team that's been ranked at least at one point in the past two years. Mm. And three of our losses were against teams that were ranked at the time. So, like, I know the BYU loss hurt, but yeah. we lost to Washington at, at Washington with our third stringer, Matt Fink. Notre Dame, we went toe-to-toe with them up until the end. And then Oregon's just a great team, ranked number six in the country right now. So we really don't have a terrible loss. And that, that's that's the great thing about um, the college football playoff rankings, right, is that they take those things into context. And, you know, they, they use that to weigh 
engage how good a team really is. Um, so when you look at it from that standpoint, you raise some pretty good points. Uh, it makes sense, but you know it was just still a shocker to me. I, I wasn't really considering the team really top twenty five at this point in the season, but I'll, I'm not going to be opposed to it, no doubt about it. I hope some of our uh, head coaching candidates, uh, Ur- Ur- Urban Meyer, if you're listening, <laughs> but we know you yeah, listen to this podcast, Urban. We do, of course. <laughs> but I hope they hope they realize the potential that this team has, especially being ranked in the top 25 with mostly freshmen in the starting lineup mm-hmm. at, and at the most important position. Oh yeah. No doubt so I hope that it. comes into the mind of the coaches that they don't have a lot to, that needs fixing right now. Right. Um, speaking of the college football playoff rankings, uh, we had a pretty interesting conversation just a couple minutes ago outside about what uh, Utah and Oregon's potential, you know, standings in the college football playoff, you know, if they have a shot at making it, perhaps what that could mean from a Pac-12 standpoint, uh, from looking at it in terms of how we are able to, you know, how competitive the conference yeah. is. Um, what what are you what are your thoughts on that? So my biggest thing is. Oregon has the loss to Auburn. Right. But that's the one game they've lost all year. They've been undefeated in conference play. They could be, and I heard Joel Klatt talking about this a few weeks ago, they could be the first team to play a nine-game conference schedule and win the championship as undefe- as like the undefeated champs. Mm. So I think that's definitely going to come into consideration. I also think that Auburn's going to go into the Iron Bowl and beat Alabama boosting up their ranking. So that's a very good loss for Oregon to have. And if Georgia ends up losing the LSU game in the uh, SEC championship, that's a two-loss non-champion that would have the spot ahead of them. So I do think if the cards are right, Oregon gets into the college football playoff. Interesting. Yeah. uh, Honestly, honestly, I see Oregon taking the Pac-12 championship without a doubt. Uh, Utah, however... The only way that they're that they're gonna suddenly lose out in terms of uh, back to and Pac-12 South is if they lose to either Arizona or Colorado, mm-hmm. and that's just not happening at all. Uh, <laughs> Sadly, yeah. Um, I don't know. I see, I see Oregon taking it. I really see Oregon taking it. I'm not sure about Utah. I mean, hopefully, uh, hope. I mean, not hopefully, but uh, I see I see them going somewhere. I don't know. What are and, you guys' predictions for the top four? You gotta have LSU in there. Oh, without a doubt. You got to have... Um, you have to have Ohio State. Got to have Ohio State. It, it, it's difficult. I, let me take a rain check on that. I'm going to I'm gonna look it up. Y'all go ahead and give y'all. So I'm going to start off, obviously, the top two, LSU, Ohio State. I think Ohio State's actually going to get the one just because if they win the next three games, that's Penn State, Michigan, Penn State again. So those are three, or, yeah, or yeah. Minnesota, I think. But, yes, those are three... Top 15 opponent wins in the past three weeks. So I definitely think they're going to be... And Justin Fields has been playing as a Heisman candidate as well. It's hard Mm -hmm. to count him out in that race. But I do think Ohio State has a shot at the one seed. Then you go to LSU at the two. And then probably Clemson, Oregon. Interesting. Uh, I agree with you, Clemson. And that 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 four spots always hard, right? Um, it is. But I, I see what you mean with the, with Alabama potentially losing to Auburn, and I see what you mean with Georgia potentially losing the SEC championship. So, because a a two loss non conference champ a two loss conference champion hasn't made it, how are you going to have a two loss non champion make the college football playoff over a one loss? 
conference champion. That makes sense. Mm. But with that said, I, I don't see Oregon losing. So I'm going to, I'm going to, which this might be unprecedented, but I see it staying the way it is now. LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, which is unfortunate because it'd be really great to have a Pac-12 team in there just to prove our, our formidability, I guess, as a conference, right? Um but, yeah, yeah, and I think like having USC ranked in the top 25, seeing that a Pac-12 team can make the college football playoff will bring in coaches. Exactly. Don't want to throw out any names, but <laughs> I do think that's going to be a big, big deal when it comes time to recruiting the coaches. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And with that, this wraps up this week's episode of the Scoreboard Podcast. To stay up to date with this podcast and all USC sports news, Follow at Am Media Sports on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Return to the Scoreboard Podcast every Thursday.